it out. Chant it out. Hello and welcome to episode 162 of Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast, telling stories from the LAFC community match by match, fan by fan, story by story. As always, my name is Jonathan Reimer and joining me, Christopher Signs. Good evening, sir. What's going on? Derby win. Victory was ours. I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. I'm looking forward to it. We've definitely, you know what? This is the hill that we have to climb in order to seek victory. The first hurdle was the Galaxy then St. Louis, and then Philadelphia. I'm thinking that if we can knock off this trifecta, we are poised to do amazing things in October. Oh, my, my, my immediate thought is, are you then going to put out a rotated squad in the Campeones Cup, or are you playing them in all four? We're totally getting off the rails right from the beginning. I love it. But, I mean, I have to ask. I, I, would, I, would, I would put in the full best roster against st louis because that's a six point swing in the west massive game massive even though they're coming off of you know short rest so are we so are we i i think that uh philadelphia while important doesn't play as much into how we do uh in the west Right, other than the fact that it's three points. Western opponents, you gotta worry about that six point swing. Uh so full squad against St. Louis, see how the players feel. And then Campeonis Cup is Wednesday. We'll worry about that after we dig after we after the result in Philadelphia, <laughs> right? We have to. We we can't think you you, you gotta rotate. You gotta rotate versus Philadelphia. Yeah. Not but not heavy. Like like maybe Vela for like a half. All right. All right. Interesting. I mean, we saw what happened, you know, in the CCL when we kept playing our starters over and over again in regular season and then went into a cup tournament. And anyway, what's that's we're getting off the rails here. Let's start with the big, big news. LAFC defeated the Carson Galaxy four to two. My friend, it was a glorious feeling, although I have to say it was a very different feel to the Derby around this game than I feel like every game previous. And I don't know if that was just me, but it didn't feel like the whole preamble leading up to it was as much hype and as special as it normally feels. I, I do. I agree that the tomfoolery and the hucklebuckery was not there. Uh, I'll be your hucklebuckery. Wow. Johnny Ringo. <laughs> it's a tombstone tombstone reference for you kids out there oh if you haven't uh, seen that movie kids what a great great movie one of val kilmer's greatest roles doc holiday go watch tombstone okay doc holiday or pete kaczynski iceman which one is a better val kilmer oh i'm not even putting iceman in the top three like, it's definitely going to be the Saint. He crushed it in that, playing all the different, you know, various characters that he played throughout the course of that movie. Real Genius, one of the greatest movies of all time. Uh, when he plays Chris Knight, I mean, that's a brilliant character. I got to consider that my top three with Tombstone before I even bring Iceman, Iceman. into the conversation. Man, I mean, that's probably one of the roles that he's most known for, though. I mean, when you think about pop culture and Val Kilmer, have you ever seen him in Felon? That was good. That was a great movie. 
great movie. That's what I'm saying. I, I you know, as far as his greatest roles, I, his biggest film he's ever been in. Okay, probably Top Gun. Right. That's that's probably. I mean, I'll, Tombstone won Best Picture. So no, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, Doc Doc Holiday is by far. That's a great. So movie. I mean, from a success standpoint, it's hard to argue with winning the Academy Award for Best Picture, and I believe he got an Academy Award for Supporting Actor. So. Either way. Uh, Anyways, okay. So leading up to the match, you know what? I have to tell you, right? My weekends are so packed, so busy. Uh, Kids sports, soccer teams for my older son, lacrosse for my my older son, soccer team for my younger son, baseball team for my younger son, all at the same time. You know, my older son's playing on two different soccer teams. It's like people look at me. I'm driving to Torrance from Santa Clarita. I, I like I'm all over the map. People look at me and wonder how I how I do it. And I'm, you know what? I don't know. I don't know how I do it. So my wife was in Florida from Thursday until Friday night. She gets home from Florida Friday night at uh, she gets to the house at midnight. Exhausted. I have to take my oldest son down to uh, Cerritos and then to Torrance. So I'm gone. First thing in the morning, Saturday, she takes my younger son to his soccer game at midday. She then sends me a text and goes, oh, my God, I forgot, Ben, I RSVP'd this birthday party. And we don't like to cancel RSVPs, right? Because we know how much of, an, of a pain it can be to throw a party, people RSVP, and then people, like, don't show up last minute. So we that's like a pet peeve of ours. Like, we really don't like to cancel RSVPs. So uh, she was like, oh, my God, we RSVP'd to this party. And... Uh, you know, Ben has to go to this birthday party at four o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, well, I'm supposed to be at the game Saturday night. I don't know. I was like, so I ended up not going to the game. What? Then I actually, I I go to the party. I drop my kid off at seven at home. I look at my clock. Waze says it's only going to take me an hour. Christian! The man is here. Holy smokes, stop the show. Entering the arena. The man, the myth, the legend. Christian Aparicio, say what up to the fam. Hi, how's everybody doing? Uh, Thank you guys for holding it down. It's been a lot of things have come up in opportune times, too. I have a sick collar at home, too, myself right now. But anyway, uh, great job. Great win. I was waiting for the win to come on, I guess. That's fate would have it. <laughs> you didn't so how so you didn't even make it to the game either this weekend, right? You said it was Xavier's birthday? It was Xavier's birthday. Um, and he we're fighting a, a cold. Um really, we, I can't we, tell. We, I can't I can't hear it in your voice. <laughs> fighting a cold, so I we didn't actually really get sick so yesterday. We somehow didn't didn't get sick Saturday, which we're happy about. But yeah, went well. We played the game in the backyard on a projector so we'll have to do that some other time on an away game with you guys Ooh, away days party christian's house you heard it here first shoulder to shoulder party have to be an exclusive invite list uh we'll have to put that together all right that's that's a put it on the board speaking of which jaime camille did say that he was down to come back to christian's house again to do another recording always well, there you go we, jaime we, camille. you know what it's amazing. Like the, some of the people that I have spoken to about coming on the show, they like they don't want to do the Zoom. They want to do it in person. We need we should do in person once a month. 
just just to do it again once once a month in person. That's my vote. Put in the polls. Put in the polls. Let the fan base decide. All right. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll tweet that out later, folks. You'll you'll catch it. We'll find a when I get some free time here. I'll throw I'll throw a tweet. Anyways, out. it'll happen. So. So I was the only one actually at the game. No, I went. To, so I ended up dropping my son off at seven. Waze said it was going to take 55 minutes to get to the stadium. So at seven o'clock, 55 minutes puts me arriving at the stadium 30 minutes into the first half. It took me 15 minutes to find parking because the parking over by Christmas tree lane closes. I had no idea. The parking, they put up a barrier closed. I go over to MLK closed. I circled around. I ended up finding I was like double parked in some behind the soccer shop on Fig and MLK. There's like a little alley there, double parked. I got in. I saw the second half. They were up two to one when I walked in. Of course, Casey, Jonathan's neighbor, my friend Casey, who's a Galaxy fan, he was there. We're he's sitting there with me. He's uh talking trash. And man, it was great. It was great. It was great to see LAFC have a dominant performance, especially against the Galaxy. You know, those games give me such an uneasy feel because the outcomes have not been consistent with what our expectations have been. Even if we were to have realistic expectations, uh, not these 10, 10 nil expectations, uh, if we were to have real expectations, they still don't meet them. And so I was definitely very nervous. And when they tied it at 2-2, oh, drama. When that Yoshida goal went in, uh, the stadium really could have folded at that point. But I thought the resiliency of, of the crowd to keep the energy up, the arena, the players as well, too. I mean, obviously, it took a pretty atrocious mistake from a pretty atrocious player in Mavinga to, to give us that third goal, which really decided the game. Because then Galaxy had to go for it and they were opened up and and that's where the fourth goal comes from. But that was such a, a, a massive moment and it just happens from players, you know, keeping that energy level up. But Christian, you know, you got to take in the whole game with the television broadcast and see all the tight angles and everything. So I'm really curious to hear your breakdown because it's going to be a much better view than I have behind a capo stand through a TIFO through the smoke, a few flags and scarves and other nonsense that I get to enjoy in the North End. Yeah, no, um, there is an unfortunate thing about uh, the way we watched it. We did have uh, have long, lifelong friends that are some of them are Galaxy fans. We had a few naysayers in attendance. Um, Bro, this is not a good look for our pod. Right? You're watching the game with Galaxy fans. Chris is sitting next to a Galaxy fan who happens to be my neighbor, who, by the way, did have to show up with a 12 pack of beer on my doorstep at 11 o'clock at night when he got back from the game. He told me that, right? He said, he said that you guys have your bet going on uh, of, and he was like, loser, loser buys beers, bro. He was all arrogant thinking that he was going to get free beers. He did think he was going to get free beer. And I have to say, those were some of the tastiest Modelo's I've ever had in my life. The sweet, sweet taste of victory. But back to the question at hand, Christian, break it down for us. How did, how did it happen? Yeah, no, let me let me answer the first question there or your statement. Uh, it was just like the bank where it was like a 10, 10 to 1 ratio. <laughs> so it, it, they were definitely outnumbered, at least the, the friends of the couple friends that I have that are Galaxy fans. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I thought I thought the two goals were unfortunate because those basically the two chances that they got, right? Um, and they took them well. But the, the game in terms of intensity and domination from LAFC was profound i do agree with you the resiliency after the, the draw but 
Um, I, I do think for the first two goals, Vela was kind of dropping to, to pick up the ball and play make. I thought that was important, especially in, in the way we were trying to uh, push their back line with, with deep threats with Kiken Buanga. So that was that was an interesting kind of wrinkle that I, I thought went well. Um, and I just I just think we need to tie up some of the defensive mistakes. I think we don't clear our lines very well. Watching the game, I'm like, ah, at least the second goal, I think if, if we were a little bit more resolute, and you want to boot it away. Let's go get it again because they're not playing that well. They're not creating anything. Uh, Ricky Puj was a little ragdoll in the middle, and that was that was really good in terms of you know making sure that they didn't have their attack. So I was I was I was happy about a lot of the play, and I do think you guys in the North End pushed uh, our team in a way that um, it didn't feel at least for me watching it here. I didn't I didn't have a nervousness or a doubt. I know in stadium I do feel more of that, especially against the Galaxy. But um, the the way that the, the team was playing, and I think the way the subs performed when they came in, uh, made me feel a little bit more positive about this run in at, towards the end. I know that some of it is away, but uh, I hope this kind of turns the tide a little bit. One of the things that I love to see in the match was the fight that I felt all the LAFC players had. You know, you're seeing you know, this, this grit and emotion coming from players that, that aren't normally the ones that outwardly show, you know, the, this, this, uh, amount of, of emotion, right? Like I could think of Ryan Hollingshead telling players to like, get up. And he's like throwing his hands up out of, out of like disgust that these players are, you know, and potentially embellishing, uh, any kind of tackle or things like that. And this referee, handing out yellow cards like tic tacs bro what it well like chris penso everyone one of our favorite people in the whole wide world chris penso you you his do you know his wife is uh was the referee for the final in the women's world cup like his wife's a phenomenal referee and yet penso chris you're awful it was awful the whole thing was awful I mean, I guess the only good thing about it is he decided to stop calling fouls towards the end of the game, which could have hurt us a few times. But he was terrible. I'm sorry. Well, so uh, Palacios, the foul that Palacios got uh, very early on in the first half, uh, I was listening to Dave Denholm. Shouts to Dave Denholm, voice of LAFC in the black and gold on 710 AM. Uh, He was saying that the accumulation of yellow cards, so we potentially may not have Palacios for this upcoming match against St. Louis City, which is a bummer. We don't. We don't. It is true. So it's not potential. He's gone, unfortunately. But I, I agree with you. And he's giving the name Chris a bad name. I go by Chris at times myself. This guy is just giving us a bad reputation. And I agree with you. Is there somehow, you know, how the for FIFA, there's a one time swap, right? For countries. Is there a way to get him and his wife to do that? And he, he can go referee somewhere else, wherever she's doing her, her regular type of matches. No, I, I don't know if anybody really wants him refing any kind of match. It's unfair. It's biased. I, I mean, there were definitely some hard challenges by LAFC late in the game, especially to guys that were already on cheap yellows that the way we were playing, I, I just had a feeling we were going to go down to 10. And there were a couple times he could have called it. So at the end of the day, I have to say thank you, Chris Penso, for not refereeing the second half the way you refereed the first half, I guess, because 
we we definitely would have had a player sent off and you know Palacios was playing with some fire we know he's got some family issues going on that that caused all the players to run off the field at the end of the game still have no clue what's going on there but uh whatever it is you know uh, the best to him he was a spark plug out there all night just getting scrappy and he was not having it with Penso the whole night I, I loved that that energy from Palacios and I felt it was infectious you're right there were a lot of players on the team that were you know Vela shoving Pooch to the ground I mean Vela you rarely ever see Vela get chippy with people I mean he might get a little surly in his demeanor but he rarely you know gets stuck in with people and just the two-handed bully shove to the pitch was I mean that's cinematic gold right there I mean that that should and probably will win an Emmy this year you know at the um LAFC community chats, those ones were going off during the game, especially, um, I, I forget if it was the third or the fourth goal, but there was that, that photo of one of the Galaxy players laying down on the pitch, uh, and then like the smoke is coming up in the background because we had scored a goal, and uh, it was just great. Great to see social media. Definitely one of these wins where you revel in the current events, because it's, it's one of those moments that you want to live on for a long time. There were obviously two galaxy goals in this game and, and two really inexcusable goals at that. And let's be honest, the galaxy are not a great team. Wilkins has done a pretty good job of, of piecing it together throughout the course of this off season. I'll give him credit for that, but they're still not a great team. Speaking of Wilkins, I heard that there were, some you know obviously this is Will Koontz's first time back at the at the BMO formerly the oh, bank he, he heard some boo birds for sure oh man not only did he hear some boo birds I heard he saw some birds a couple coming from the 3252 uh and it uh you know welcome back Will Koontz I'm you know I think I heard he took it well you know with a with a chuckle and a laugh but uh I will say that's the, I mean, the S10s are the opposite side of the 3252 from where I am. So I don't get a lot of firsthand view of the interaction between the celebrities and the tunnel folks and, and what goes on with 3252, thankfully, because that's a whole lot of mess. I'm, I'm glad I don't have to deal with. But uh, I did I did get some firsthand reporting on some of the conversations that were had with Will Koontz from 3252 to man, and he deserves it. I think he knows he deserves it. So uh, it's all good, right? I mean, but back to the point at hand here. The Galaxy are a terrible team. Uh, and and we sh- they're second to last for a reason. Despite their recent run of form, they haven't really gained any position in the standings because they've gone from terrible to bad. They're still a bad team, right? And so we should be putting up four goals against them. But, but giving up the kind of ticky-tacky goals that we gave up, that concerns me. Because against better teams, you're not going to score as many goals and you certainly can't give up the we just fell asleep and let him run past us that first goal, which was, which was wildly inexcusable. Aaron long playing him onside by being five feet behind the rest of the defenders. Nobody tracking that ball through the midfield. I mean, that's inexcusable. Your entire team is behind the ball to kick off. There's, there's no excuse for letting him play right through the middle of you there. And then I was curious on the second goal, because there seems to be was some controversy in where I was standing in the North end. Cause it looked like it should have been, a goal kick and not a corner. And then the corner comes in, gets played out. The throw comes in and and that's where the deflected ball ends up at the feet of Yoshida, who puts it in for the second goal there. 
but it looked like it never should have been a corner in the first place. And once again, our friends at pro refereeing awarded the corner. I was curious if you guys had the same thought, Chris, you were probably in the car at this time. So maybe did Denholm have the thought? No, no, I was there. I was, I was in the stadium, right? That second goal came in early in the second half. You know what? I don't know if if they if these referees really expect them to to go back and look at there was a ton of them that we were that we thought that they should have been looked at and that didn't get looked at. You know, I would very I'm an advocate of getting rid of all video reviews. I I think that we should just go back to having it be called by referees uh, because that then at that point, it's it's we know that there's going to be fallible calls at times. But that's that's part of the true intent of the match and the game. You sound like a damn home diehard there, for sure. Um, but I do agree that I mean the referees did call this one, and they called a corner kick. It should have been a goal kick. Here's where I advocate for VAR because you know the corner kick should have never happened. But I also do blame my LAFC a little bit because they could have cleared lines a couple times, and I I understand that they were dominating the game and controlling the ball. They wanted to make something happen, but they didn't. So. Sometimes when you are not able to kind of cleanly set that pass, just boot the ball and, and you know, live another day. I, I do agree with you this, with this, Jonathan, that this season, one of the things is, you know, we are hot and cold offensively, but also defensively, we're not resolute like we've been in, like, in last year's season where we won't give up cheap goals and we won't give up multiple goals in so many games. We shouldn't be giving up two goals to the Galaxy or a team of that caliber. So it is concerning that that goal right after a kickoff and then this goal, um, just allowing for them to have an opportunity, be it incorrect corner kick call or not, that should not have happened. This should have been, you know, a 3-0, four, maybe one kind of game. Two goals was too much. And then two goals and being tied at a certain point in time should not have happened. But nonetheless, we come out with the victory. I, I do think there are some things about that game that uh, need to get buttoned up and, and still lead a little bit of cause for concern as we go forward, because we we still have a tough stretch of games. And perhaps, you know, this was just the first of many, as we've talked about. The next of which, of course, St. Louis. we got a killer Opcore episode that's going to drop probably same day as this episode coming out here where we take a little bit of a deeper dive on it. But let's be honest, this is this is a huge six-point game. I mean, this is the difference between being, you know, a uh, 52 to 43, nine points back, uh, or being just three points behind. I mean, if there's any hope of winning the West and bringing home that CCL spot, that's our CCC spot that's on the line here, it, it has to be this game. It's massive. So what do you change in the starting 11? Do you do anything different from what we saw versus Galaxy? One, one change is forced, right? With Palacios change. So that, that's going to have to happen, unfortunately, because I think Palacios had a pretty good game. But I, I, I roll with Kike again up top, to be honest with you, because the way uh, St. Louis plays, they're pressing you, right? And they're, they're, they're trying to make you uncomfortable. And I think Kike did a really good job of doing that for the, for the, against the Galaxy and, and doing that, uh, reciprocating that kind of stuff. So not allowing St. Louis to be comfortable in the back, especially when they're trying to play out. Um, and it's going to be a battle of, of a similar tactic if they do that. I don't want us to kind of sit back in a low block. I want us to get that first goal and then have them attack us and then 
then get him on the counter. So that that's what I think. Apart from that, in terms of the midfield, uh, there is a question where if Tillman his his if he does have a, a session or two that are good and he has fresher legs, maybe he starts and and have Bogush come in to kind of you know, finish the game and be an offensive threat. But maybe the inverse where Tillman's a little bit more defensive but can also be a, an offensive threat in the end. Um, other than that, I don't I really don't change much other than Palacios the fourth one. I definitely think that we need to go with a lot of what we had. It seemed like it worked well. The team played well. There was a lot of intensity there. Uh, so, you know, like Christian mentioned, other than the force change, uh, I think that we're going to stick the same with everyone else. Uh, speaking of significant changes, though, we didn't even highlight the return of Max Crepeau. Took the words right out of my mouth. First question I was about to ask is, none of you talked about goalkeeper. So is Max officially back and he's our starting goalkeeper now with McCarthy coming in to spell as a backup would or or is it McCarthy's job because he's earned it with what he's performed? I think it's proposed until he loses it at this point because I think McCarthy had a, a, a run of games where he had a, a you know a notable mistake in, in each maybe two or three games in a row. Um, so maybe having that competition is going to kind of reset his focus if he, if he needed, if he needs that. I think um, also I don't want to mess with Maxwell Poe's confidence after having a decent performance with, against the Galaxy. And if he's healthy, if he feels good, you know, let's run with it. And let's, let's, let's ride him until he can't perform or, you know, has some sort of blunder and needs to be sat down. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree with you there. I think I think Max is starting for sure. Chris, I mean, absolutely. Why would you? Why would? Let's just say this was a a scenario where you're you're benching a starter to kind of hopefully light a fire. I mean, for you to play Max in one of the biggest games in the remaining part of our season, right? I I, I think that that's an indication that you have faith in him as your starter moving forward. And and I think the plan always was to have Max eventually come back and be the starter with this club. Um, you know, John has been great, right? I think that John has exceeded everyone's expectations for what he was when we got him, you know? And I love that John has been able to capitalize on the opportunity that he had starting with the MLS Cup and and being able to play and and he's had some big games and big moments for us and i i definitely think that LAC is going to have to make a decision as to which direction they want to go um because there's no way that i think that both of these goalies are going to be on our roster next season good problems to have champagne problems i agree it's like it's max i, I do have some other disagreements with you all i do not think killini's playing on three days rest um i, I would imagine it's mario long I, I just don't think I think you probably save Killini for the week I, or, you know, if Killini plays, he's definitely not playing on the weekend. So um, I just think it's unlikely as many minutes as he put in versus Galaxy to see him in the starting 11 um, versus St. Louis. So well, I, I would say here, here's my thing, too. Right. You know, we're looking we're we're looking forward to the upcoming matches, um, you know, and, and we do have it depends on where your priorities are st louis philadelphia 
Campeonis Cup versus Tigres, right? Does anyone put importance on the Campeonis Cup? I don't know. My opinion may not be the same opinion as Steve Trendolo or the front office of LAFC or the players in that locker room. Um, you know, if we were to look at, you know, playing Chiellini against St. Louis for the purpose of trying to solidify those three points, resting him against Philadelphia, and then playing him again uh, in the Campeones Cup in the hopes that we can add some hardware to our trophy case, that that I think is plausible. But then again, too, does Steve Torrendolo put more emphasis on trying to secure three points in St. Louis, three points in Philadelphia, and then the Campeones Cup is just an activity that we are participating in because we won the league. I don't know. I don't think I don't think we see Killini start a game until the Campeones Cup final. I don't think he starts Wednesday, and I don't think he starts versus Philadelphia either. Answer your question. I think most important St. Louis, then Campeones, then Philadelphia. Do you think yeah. the club? Do you think the club cares about the Campeones Cup? Because yes. when you look up Wikipedia and record books, that's what stands out. Like in five years, no one's going to be like, oh, dude, we beat Philadelphia. No one's going to be like, we beat Tigres in a Campeones Cup. It's a banner. It's a chance to change the narrative of LAFC in big games versus Mexican teams. They're falling to Leon, falling to Monterey. You know, our, our past experiences in big international competitions versus Mexican teams. It's time to change that narrative, especially when there's a cup on the line and a chance to hang a banner and sure, you know, some other stuff that comes along with it. I'm sure there's prize money and other stuff like that as well, too. So, you know, and it's just a statement game that gets yourself out there, right? It's all about the brand, building the brand, right? And you want to say we can beat a Liga Mekis team when there's a cup on the line, even if it is a lesser cup. I just want to make the football picante guys really upset. That's my goal. Hate those guys, but I love watching them. Hey, if they're not talking about your team, bro, then your team is not noteworthy. That's exactly right. I do also think there's a chance we see Mario Gonzalez uh, back in the lineup versus. Uh, he did have an assist, so I think versus St. Louis, there's a chance that Olivera could go back to the bench and Gonzalez could come back out. Other than that, I, I don't think Tillman starts. Uh, he had a great game. I mean, obviously, killer goal. Uh, I still think he's a sub. I, I just think Bogush's ball-handling ability, especially against a pressing team like St. Louis, uh, Acosta, you know, two-footed, Ilya, he's our defensive rock. Like, I, I just think you need all those against a pressing team, so... I think the midfield stays the same versus St. Louis, but it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a massive one uh, losing this game and the West is basically over. Um, so they have everything to play for in this because we know it means a lot to them. They are phenomenal at home. 10 of their last 14. Uh, we're pretty poor on the road, four L's in our last five. So, I mean, it's all shaping up. I think if you were a betting person to say that, that St. Louis is probably going to take this one, so LAFC is going to have to be the underdog. And that's not something this team is used to being, especially in our own conference. So um, that's a that's a change. And I hopefully that change ignites something in the players that says we we need to prove ourselves that we are still the champions. And the road to an MLS Cup is going to come through us and our house. Because obviously losing this game, you're yielding home field advantage in the playoffs potentially as well, too. So 
This is a lot, a lot to play for on the line. Do you guys have any final thoughts on the upcoming match before we wrap up today's show? I just soccer capital on the line also. Got to say that. Obviously, St. Louis is the soccer capital. I don't know how that. I don't know how that. I don't know how they get designated as the soccer capital, bro. Right, you got to try and sell tickets a, somehow. They didn't even have a team. They didn't even have a team. Bro, but it's, on, it's, in the, it's on the line though. Just, I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, no, I just you know what? Okay. Win, lose, or draw. I just hope that LAFC comes out and plays in a way that we are not sitting here next week and being like, what was that? Man, did we lay an egg, right? Like, I just, you, you know, there's there's sometimes where it's like you still play well and the result is not exactly what you want, right? But... I need this team to start playing well and consistently leading into the playoffs. I do not need to see any more of these down days where you're just like, what team is this? You know, if and- LAFC plays well, I'm at the end of the day, I'm because ultimately my sights are towards the playoffs. I want this team to go far, make a run, win another MLS cup, and they can't do it if they continue to be inconsistent. Yeah. I mean, or just improve in the areas. Where, where the team has been lacking throughout the course of this skid, right? And if you see some marked improvement in those areas and you still get a poor result because some weird things don't go your way, like you can't, you know, th- that would still be some some progression. But this game, I mean, honestly, this game's too important. It, it's got to be a squad and they've got to be going at it and executing in this game. You can take off the game versus Philadelphia. That's fine. You know, let them have theirs. They, they've been whooped around plenty. Let Philadelphia have one regular season game back to give their fans something to to, to rally behind. Oh, I'm fine with that, right? We, we took what we wanted from Philadelphia. Kicking them while they're down at this point just seems, you know, unfair. So to be sporting about it, we've got to throw everything at St. Louis and then to heck with it. You know, let the LAFC t- two kids go out there and celebrate versus uh, Philadelphia for all I care. But uh, Christian, anything else from you, sir? Oh, that's all I got. It was just great to be on. Finally, it's been too long seeing your faces. Um, and hopefully, you know, we'll see each other at the eight as a game. And we'll talk about that later. Amen. Well, folks, that's going to go ahead and wrap us up today. We'd like to thank you very much for listening to Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast. You can find us at LAFCS2S on all your social media platforms. Go ahead, fire us a DM, start a conversation. Who knows? Maybe you could end up on the show. On behalf of myself, Jonathan, my co-hosts, Christopher and Christian and sound engineer, Wilton, thank you guys so much for listening. Take us home, sticks.